On the show today, Embrace the Chaos, a sneak peek at the next decade, and we can't really finish anything in 3, 2, 1... Alex, uh, how are you handling not being dead? I'm handling it pretty great, although sometimes you get a little bit of, uh, you know, existential <laughs> horror. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, well, you know, be, be aware of the call of the void. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to... Like all calls. Uh, like all calls. The call is coming from inside the house. Hey, everybody, welcome to Total Bubble Knockdown. We are avoiding the call of the void, and I am Nathan. And I am Alex, and I avoid every call I can. Yeah, exactly. If if it says call of the void on your caller ID, do do not accept that call. Decline. Decline. Straight to voicemail. <laughs> exactly. Block that number. Can, occasionally you can screen the call and just see what the void wants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it starts talking in, like, Cthulian, you know that you're in uh, trouble. If it's old speak. Anyway, let's get right into the episode. the hell is going on with Embracer Group? <laughs> Apparently, not really anything good. Yeah, uh, let me tell you about that. So, we've been getting some different reports over the course of the last few months, and I guess it just kind of, like, fell under my radar because I was dealing with other things. But, yeah. uh, you know, there's been some there's been some news that has led up to more recent stuff that's happening with some of their yeah, uh, it, brands. Honestly, it fallen under my radar, too, until I heard uh, just as most recent one, which now, at the time of recording, is about 10 days ago. Right, but right. I just heard about it a couple days ago. So when I shared it with you, I was like, did you hear about this? And you're like, no, actually, I didn't. I'm like, cool, let's, let's, let's talk about that. It's a little... Um, Important, actually. Yeah, 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 and believe it or not, uh, even more recent news from when you uh, had shared for me, we have uh, have as well. But I think that it might be useful to kind of go back a little bit in time. So we're gonna we're gonna time travel. Ho! That's right. We're we're listening to the call of void right now. <laughs> if you don't know who Embracer Group is, they're they're like an investment company, and they've been buying up a lot of game studios to put under their their branch a uh, little bit of a backstory is that embracer bought a gearbox which is going to be important in a minute uh for 1.3 billion dollars back in 2021 and then they it's a small amount of money yeah just a yeah, chump change really and then they also mm. bought uh crystal dynamics idos montreal and square enix montreal uh, for $300 million in 22, those will also like, be important. <laughs> I feel like that's a really small amount of money to buy those three. It's not bad considering, like, you have to remember, things like Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of Kane. that's a lot of big moves for a an investment group that isn't specifically a uh, a game company or <laughs> a game group to make that kind of an investment. It hasn't been going so great in more recent days for Embracer. One of the main reasons is because of a deal that fell through. So, back in May, Embracer Group stock fell 40% um, after a... That's a fair yeah, amount. Yeah, that's a that's a lot for a stop, 
stock to just drop. Uh, after a $2 billion mystery deal, self-destructed. Um, at that time, we really didn't know what that deal was. Um, but, uh, it, it seemed to be kind of important for Embracer Group, uh, the Swedish company that's been uh, scooping up all of those developers. By August, we had finally gotten a little bit more information on what was going on with that. Turned out that Embracer Group was trying to partner with uh, a Saudi Arabian company named uh, Savvy Games Group that is actually a Saudi government-funded company. Um, and the idea was that Savvy was looking to get into the gaming space as a major gaming label, and so they were going to make an investment with game, with Embracer Group. Yeah, because um, from what I've heard, the Saudi government has a lot of money. I have heard. I have heard that the, the Saudis have uh, money, and so I understand, <laughs> I understand why they might want to get into the space. But at any rate, deal fell through. Basically, all you need to know is that the deal fell through, and after the deal fell through... The stock went right through the floor. And yeah, as you can imagine, a $2 billion deal going down the drain does not in it invoke uh, confidence. In the market, and it is a confidence market. In your market. investors. Yeah, especially considering that all of those investments that I mentioned before were like not even $2 billion in that entirety. So we kind of understand that $2 billion is a lot for an investment into Embracer. So that has led to where we're at now, where they're in a process of restructuring last month we had some kind of sad news honestly where they were shutting down volition they own volition studios mm -hmm. uh after 30 years they had to shutter the company um and uh that's that's sure a real had shame. nothing to do with the great sales of saints row yeah no i'm sure that the new saints row not doing well was uh absolutely not a uh factor um volition uh, obviously did saints row and agents of mayhem and red faction uh they've they've done some good work over the years but yeah they have not made a real like bestseller for a while now yeah. uh, there's only so many times that they can reissue uh saints row 4 as a, a new presidential edition or whatever <laughs> uh, yeah they can't do a skyrim for a decade yeah, like, as as much fun as, like, Saints Row 3 and 4 are, they do not have the longevity <laughs> of, of a Bethesda yeah. title. So, unfortunately, they had to shutter that. Um, the article that you gave me, though, was from earlier this month, where there is discussion, and I guess it's still in discussion because I can't find any newer information on it, where uh, Gearbox may be getting sold off, and as you know, they just bought that a couple years ago so we'll see yeah. how that goes um gearbox of course a very uh, good studio has made some some good things has published stuff under their brand in in uh, several cases but has been um more famous i think mostly for the borderlands series uh almost likely yeah not the only thing Gears that they do too yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, they they also did. Oh God, what was the one that took like fourteen years to actually come out? That they Duke Nukem. Yeah, Duke Nukem. Yeah, Duke Nukem was part of yeah. part of that. Uh, but at any rate, they're looking to sell off Gearbox. That's usually not a good sign. <laughs> it's a great sign. They're doing great. Um, and so, despite closing Volition and potentially selling off Gearbox, from the Kotaku article that you gave me, uh. Embracer still owes quite a few companies. 
This includes publishers Deep Silver, THQ Nordic, developer Coffee Stain Studios, developer publisher Saber Interactive, book publisher Dark Horse Comics, and game distributor Limited Run Games, among others. Yeah, um, that's that's always good. Uh, their last acquisition was in October of 22 when the company scooped up British anime distributor Anime Limited. You know, if they were in talks to get this big, you know, infusion of cash, I could kind of understand why they might have an interest in, like, buying this stuff up. If they thought that there were deals to be made and investment to be had, uh, why yeah, they'd but, want to uh, build... Listen, I'm not a, a high-stakes investor. I'm not a high-money investor or anything, but I feel like writing a check with your mouth <laughs> that you can't cash yeah. is a bad idea. Yeah. I feel like if I were to go, hey, I want to buy that new truck. Yeah. I know it's $100,000, but listen, listen. I've got all these little Pokemon cards here, and they're going to be worth so much money. Mm -hmm. So, so much money. Oh, yeah. the price of all those things dropped? Yeah. Oh, uh, no. But I bought, but I, but I already bought the truck. Yeah, yeah. You I, know, I, I, I mean, I thought we were rolling in dough over here. We, we got, we got mad podcast money. Come on, <laughs> we, yeah, we could buy embrace. Yeah, I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna buy a whole. Let's buy Gearbox. Launchable. <laughs> let's, um, let's buy Gearbox. So the thing I did hear, yes, uh, from one of the videos I was listening to, which kind of enlightened me to this too, is that one of the thoughts was that they were gonna maybe sell Gearbox off to itself. They might be like, Gearbox, hey, you're kind of your own thing. We're going to sell you to yourself, essentially, and let you be your own company again. Right. Because they were, at one point, like, before they were bought by uh, Embracer, they, they had been, like, right. a private studio. Um, right. And, uh, you know what, that would be fine, because I think that they kind of earned their stripes while they were, like, their own independent company. So, maybe that right. would be good. I feel like Coffee Stain could do well on its own, too, honestly. Because Coffee Stain uh, sure. publishes stuff under their label as well. They own Satisfactory. They oh, sure. own uh, Goat, Goat Simulator is also Coffee Stain. And they have a they ton made... of other games that they publish for. Yeah, but the most recent news that I had uh, in this whole debacle is that Crystal Dynamics has announced layoffs as part of Embracer Group's restructuring. And that is yeah. just within, like, 24 hours. Um, it is 10 employees at the moment that have been let go it's from not, the studio. It's not really a lot, depending on how big the studio is, though. Not a lot. Um, uh, it looks like every division will be part of its restructuring plans for Embracer Group. Nine of the affected employees are from the brand and marketing division, which I can kind of understand. They might not need to do a lot of branding at the moment. Well, one was from IT, but it has come after months uh, after the studio said that it would not be part of job cuts. So obviously that was a, a lie. At least it was a, uh, a truth that did not come to pass, we'll say. So there are indeed layoffs that are going on in some of the other studios. Uh, that are under uh, Embracer, and after they paid so much money for them. <laughs> I guess my takeaway from having looked at all of that is, you had mentioned earlier, like, maybe it's not a great idea to have investment companies that are not specifically gaming companies doing the buying of all of these, and I'm kind of with you on that. If you're just an investment company and you just want to buy up properties because you think they're profitable, you don't know much about the actual industry itself and how yeah. it moves. I mean, at the same point in time, you see this go on in, in all the other markets, too. Oh, you true. see it especially in, like, the housing market. Oh, yeah. 
were these big i guess uh some of them are like lawyer firms like firms will buy apartments and houses and stuff and they'll Mm -hmm. rent them out and all that stuff they buy them and then they their company is part of a bigger company same kind of deal it's these are just basically investment properties to them right And, and i don't like it no no it's generally a bad thing uh and i i think the problem that we're going to start seeing and who knows this might discourage companies from doing it is that you would eventually have like maybe three big investment companies that will have own all of the game studios that aren't specifically indie studios and uh, I, I don't, I don't think that that's particularly uh, good. Then it's just a money's game, and it doesn't really matter what the product is that you're putting out. It doesn't matter if you have the resources you need to create a good product. It's just a number go up sort of situation. Right. Um, but hey, you know what, Alex? Though I think we could, maybe we could buy uh, Gearbox. Uh, I yeah, you think we got that that you know podcasting what? money? No, no, I, I don't have the podcasting money, but but. I've heard NFTs might be <laughs> might be worth some money. <laughs> oh yeah, so you saw that they were uh, down like ninety five percent of what they were worth, right? NFT, yeah. Well, you know, I heard, but you know, that's 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 fud. That that's fear. That that's fear of getting involved. No, uh, it, it they they say that they're basically worthless now, but you know, don't don't believe the haters, folks. <laughs> yeah, don't I was going to say what we should do is segment. Where we go, we just spent uh, $20 on NFTs, so you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. We're going to give them away because they're worthless. <laughs> it's, I want those that can get me into the exclusive restaurant where I then have to pay also like a hundred and something dollars a plate or something. Yeah. Those were yeah, great. That's to recoup their cost of the NFTs. That's right. I love digital tokens. We need digital tokens so that we can buy a Gearbox. Take, see if... See if you can make that happen, folks. Anyway, so this is a very basic overview. I can leave some links to some of the articles if you want to look into it a little bit further. Uh, but we are going to keep an eye on this specifically because this affects a lot of game studios and the industry as a whole and seems to be getting very interesting as of late. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you have any thoughts on uh, Embracer Group or what you think might happen... Any theories about where you think this is going to shake out? I'd or like any to of the that. studios that they currently still possibly own? Yeah, and what's going to happen? Yeah, and what's going to happen to them? And if there's even going to be a gaming division of Embracer Group at the end of all of this, or if they're going to let's just... hope they just dissolve the whole company. They just dissolve the whole thing and they just yeah, sell off but the assets. I mean, hope I'll. I hope all the game studios survive, though. Oh, yeah. Aside from Volition, well, I guess. Well, Volition's already sorry, gone, Volition. so... Sorry, Volition. Uh, my prediction is that if they if Embracer Group does go away or they dissolve the gaming division, uh, yes, yeah, several of these studios are probably going to get shuttered, which is sad. That's not fun. No. That's that's the disappointment, so... Yeah. I, I, I'm... Disappointment? Yeah, I don't like that at all. But uh, if you have any theories or you have thoughts on what you think is going to happen or new information, please let us know in the comments down below. We'd love to hear from you. Even more news, and uh, there is. And uh, Alex, you've you've given me something, so I'm going to open it up right now. But I've heard a little bit about this, but I haven't really looked into it very much. Which is that uh, Bethesda had a roadmap of content that leaked. Yes, 
So it's part of a larger leak. I think, um, I believe it's partially due to the acquisition that Microsoft is trying to do of, of you know, Activision. Sure. Um, so it comes, I think, in part from that. But the part I was mostly concerned about and wondering what your thoughts were going to be on was the Bethesda roadmap leak. Sure. And like, so maybe not just Bethesda, but the, the Microsoft Bethesda ZeniMax sure. uh, road, roadmap. Yeah. And uh, you've it, it, this is also a Kotaku article, but you've given me it one. It is, because apparently they've got the articles today. So they all have the articles. The description, I guess. Mm, link in the description. Uh, there's probably. I'm sure that this has also been covered by other outlets like IGN or Polygon. But uh, at any rate, Kotaku's the one that we're looking at right now. Bethesda roadmap leaks, including uh, Oblivion Remaster and Dishonored 3. Great. Terrific. Yep. Bethesda is or was reportedly working on remasters for Fallout 3 and the Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion, according to a document released as part of a massive Microsoft leak. Uh, bevy of partially redacted confidential emails and documents were part of the FTC case against the monolithic game company were posted online in the wee hours of the morning on September 19 and their contents contained info on new Xbox Series X console uh, Xbox head Phil Spencer's dreams to buy Nintendo and a version of Bethesda's release roadmap well first of all Phil I don't think that's happening <laughs> yeah, I think that part was from years ago, but yeah, yeah. as I said, the point I was I was hoping to actually hit on with this sure. uh, with you is mostly the roadmap of content. So one thing on this, and one thing that I heard when I listened to uh, something about this as well, is that the roadmap is currently about two years behind due to pandemic. Yes. So some of the dates are going to be off. Yes. By a year or two. I can see this because it apparently lists Starfield as releasing in 2021. And it just came out. So. Yeah, and when it only just dropped in September. Uh, in a PDF reviewed by Kotaku, the title release schedule also lists Project Hibiki, which eventually became Hi-Fi Rush as a 2021 release, and it released in January. So, yeah, I didn't know it was called Hibiki, Project Hibiki to begin with, so that's interesting. Everything's got a code name. Everything does. Yeah, Project Ego, remember? From nope. back in the day. Oh, it's uh, Fable. Oh, favorite right, was called right, right. Project Ego. Uh, Zenimax's uh, 2021 slate was also meant to include Redfall. <laughs> yeah, good thing they didn't put it out in 2021. Oh my god, it would look they like released, a potato. They had all the had all the time to polish it up. Fallout 76 expansion Fallout Worlds, which went live in 2021. And Ghostwire Tokyo, which debuted in spring of 22. So it appears this entire release schedule was shifted by a year or two in either direction. Um, uh, but leaked documents uh, suggested that 2022 would include the upcoming Indiana Jones game, which would make sense for the new movie that came out, you know, that they'd want to... Oh, I guess. I guess. But, like, did this... Okay, just real talk for a second. How much do you think people actually care about Indiana Jones anymore? I don't. I didn't know they were making a game for it. And the last time I saw an Indiana Jones movie, it was The Crystal Skull. Oh, sorry. It was fine. It was Ancient Aliens, folks. I, I, I have various to, things about Dial of Destiny. I would have to I'll watch it at it. some point. But yeah, it's been years. Yeah, I'd have to rewatch that. But it's been years. I, I don't think it was as bad as people make it out to be. I think people at the time just hated. Uh, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you know, actual murderer Shia LaBeouf. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it also includes a Starfield DLC and an 
as-yet-unannounced remaster of The Elder Scrolls for Oblivion. Well, I mean, I can understand why they might want to do Oblivion as a remaster. Yeah. Um, so, I was curious about that. Apparently, that is slated, allegedly, for 2024. Okay. I'm yeah. not sure if that remaster is technically, like, two years behind as well. If it's slated for 2024, it will be 2026. I mean, there's... 2025. They're, they're saying that since that was going to be 2022, um, by using the aforementioned logic, we could potentially see those three things in 24. Um, obviously we weren't going to see Starfield DLC in 22, the game hadn't come out. Um, right. According to the chart, 23 was meant to include a new Doom game called Doom Year Zero, and Elder Scrolls Online expansion and two unnamed projects codenamed Kestrel and Platinum. Ooh, what would Kestrel and Platinum be? Uh, apparently hmm. one of them is allegedly going to be an MMO. Okay. Yeah. What are you thinking they would be? What are they going to be? God, I'm kind of scared to think about it. Would they make a new Prey? Ooh! Kestrel? Kestrel might be Prey too. Oh, anyway. Uh, nope. No, that's that's Anyways. all that's all conjecture. Um, roadmap continues <laughs> into 24, which has the most titles listed out of all of them. It includes The Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah, that's going to be a few well, years. <laughs> to, be, to be fair... At this point, I'm pretty sure it's just going to look like Starfield, but Skyrim. Yeah, pretty much. Since from what I've seen of Starfield, it just looks like Fallout 4 set in space. Yeah. The thing that is interesting, because I know a lot of people were a little deflated by it, but honestly, from the moment, and I'm still playing it, but from the moment that I started, it really gave me Fallout 3 vibes more than anything else like just really yeah 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 from from the tone and like those open kind of like wasteland landscapes even the sound design and everything and the the dialogue trees and stuff it it reminded me of like when i first played fallout 3 um for better or worse it's it's that yeah. experience um which we know isn't coming until 26 and not at all for playstation yeah screw you playstation um, an expansion for Project Kestrel. I still wonder if that's Prey. Anyway, DLC for Doom Year Zero, a licensed IP game. G great. No idea. <laughs> Not licensed IP game. All right. Well, if they have access to something like Indiana Jones, then I'm wondering if it's something from LucasArts. It, it could be. It could it be could Star be. Wars. It could be it could be Star Wars. Not that not that we have enough Star Wars games, but you know. Yeah. Uh, um, never. A Ghostwire Tokyo sequel. Well, I don't I don't know if that's happening because <laughs> that didn't do so great. But Dishonored Three. Yeah, I can see that absolutely. And a remake of Fallout Three. Well, good news. Just use the Starfield engine and just put Fallout Three in it. You'll be good. You'll be all set. Um, a Dishonored sequel is great news for fans of Arcane, uh, as is news that Ghostwire Tokyo appears to be getting see Is it great news? <laughs> I tried Ghostwire Tokyo. I was like, alright, this is fine, I guess, but this it's... Is fine. I don't know. Tango is an interesting studio. Like, I did, I did not play Evil Within, but I heard it was pretty good. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo was fine, like, as far as open world goes, but then they did Hi-Fi Rush, which is completely outside their wheelhouse, uh, and, um... Apparently that was really great. 
So I played a little bit of it. It's not my style of game, but I was floored by the visual presentation and the gameplay. I was I was like, wow. For people who love rhythm based combat and stuff, this is awesome. This is excellent. Yeah. Um, so it's a Souls like. It's Souls like, yeah, exactly. Um, that's all. That's all rhythm based. Anyways, we don't need to get into that. Yeah, but but you didn't have like the Black Crows playing in the background when you were doing Damn. Dark Souls. Sorry. Some of the documents said went into like system specs for the new Xboxes and stuff like that. For oh. the console plans too. Uh oh. So like, I I don't care nearly as much about that. But uh oh, that would yeah, be a so, uh, problem. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So it, it, it the leak went into way more than just what we're talking about. But right. like. I don't care. I want to hear yeah. what your thoughts were on some of these um, game okay. projections. Sure. You know? Okay. So uh, I guess I guess what we could do now is like likelihood of happening. <laughs> Let's. I I think the biggest ones are probably the remasters of Fallout Three and Oblivion. Yep. Honestly. Yep. Um, I was telling my friend the other day at work. I mentioned this and said they're potentially going to be remastering Oblivion, and their response was, oh shit, then I could actually play Oblivion, because I tried it before, and I absolutely could not play it. When you go back from a Skyrim to playing um, in Oblivion, it's, yeah. it's night and day how the gamers run and the control is, so... And there's there's differences between Oblivion and Skyrim that I just, I didn't like in Oblivion, like how they do the leveling of enemies and how it scales to you, instead of like yeah. Skyrim's way of just saying that everything is just as dangerous as you think it is, and then you have to get more powerful. Um, I, I right. like the world building of, of that. I'll tell you though, if I were to put something on my list, and who knows, maybe it's... Maybe it's one of those projects that they mentioned, although I, I really, I really doubt that it's uh, Platinum or Kestrel, especially because Kestrel's supposed to be getting some additional DLC. Maybe Platinum, but I want Morrowind as a, a remaster, uh, or, or like a complete remake. I want a complete revamp of Morrowind. I feel Morrowind. like that'd be a much bigger project, too. It would be. It absolutely would be, but you know that it would go over great. Like, you know, people love Morrowind, and if it if it only had, like, waypoints and, like, mission trackers and, like, all, all of that. Gen all the good things that new games have. All uh, Yeah, and, like, voice acting and all of that stuff. That would be cool. That would be great. People would love that. Better, better dialogue tracking and all of that. Um, but here's the thing. I like the idea of having a new Oblivion. I like the idea of getting Fallout 3 remastered. I, I get why they'd want to do that because it's been a little while. But I re if they really wanted to do something cool with it, I wouldn't do them in the creation engine. I yeah. I wouldn't keep doing them in the creation engine. I think Starfield telling me suffered from that. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, are you telling me that Starfield is in creation engine and just feeling like Skyrim or... Small in space didn't do do it justice. I I think that the fact that Starfield was built on the creation engine is showing the age of the engine and the limitations of it. If they ended up doing a revamp and they said maybe oh this is a good thought like if they used the remaster or or just a straight up remake of like Oblivion or Fallout 3 to launch a new game engine to show, like, uh, their, the, the possibility of a new game engine, like, even if it's Creation 2.0 or whatever, um, yeah. that, would be, that would be a big thing uh, for them, because they could show, like, what the capabilities of a new system would actually be, a new game engine. 
Um, Elder Scrolls Online expansion, duh. Of course they're gonna do that, they do that all the time. Uh, new Doom game, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that that's kind of a given anyway. I, I'm not surprised by that. The Doom Eternal was uh, a big deal for them, <laughs> the original yeah. Doom. Uh, what is less likely for me? Uh, like I said, I don't know if Ghostwire Tokyo is really getting a sequel. That's, uh, meh. Uh, and a licensed IP game, uh, the fact that they're not necessarily even in the documentation telling you what it is makes me think that that's tentative at best. It's either tentative or it's a yet unannounced IP. Uh, More like something that, like, maybe it's an upcoming movie or something, but they can't talk about it uh, because it's not, you know, they could be something something like that. The only reason I would dispute that is because that would suggest that there's going to be a movie or a television show that is an original licensed IP. (laughs) Oh, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know how much that's going to happen, but... uh, Obviously, it's Ahsoka. Yeah, it's going to be Ahsoka, but that's just Star Wars anyway, so... Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? That's a that's a game people want anyway. Uh, Dishonored sequel... Yeah, no, I actually... I'm happy to hear about that, because I think Arcane, after, like, Deathloop and Redfall, needs to go back to the stuff that they did well. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I know people were kind of, like, iffy on Deathloop, but I was not a big fan, and Redfall was Redfall, so... Yeah, maybe go back to the Dishonored or Prey would be terrific, please. Thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo. Look, Tango, just d- do do more Hi-Fi Rush. People love the Hi-Fi Rush. Just do that, or do or or you can make a third Evil Within, which maybe that's Kestrel or Platinum. Might be might be one of the project code names. Um, Although, I, I do feel like when they do project code names, it's probably because of, like, an older IP or something that they have in the backlog that they might be looking to bring back. Upcoming Indiana Jones game. I There you go. Perfect. No one wants that. And f- are you literally still doing an expansion for Fallout 76? Give it up. Just give it up. Give me Fallout anything else. <laughs> um, Fallout everything. Fallout 101. You know what? That that's what they can call the Fallout Three remake, because it was Vault One Hundred One. Call it. There you go. Fallout One Hundred One. They won't know what's going on. Anyways. Anyway, that was the uh, Bethesda leak. Thank you for sharing that with me. I'm very happy that I am I either happy or sad now. I don't really know. A little bit of everything. I'm You're a mixed sad. bag. I'm, I am definitely a mixed bag. Um, <laughs> and so this mixed bag is going to be looking forward to seeing uh, the legitimacy of how much of this is actually going to come out. If you have anything on that list that you think is particularly intriguing for you, let us know in the comments down below or join us over on our Discord channel. So, Alex, uh, it's been a very newsy episode. I get that. Has been. Yeah. But a little bit of news. Little little bit of news. And this next one is is kind of based on something newsy. Um, but uh, as you probably know, Cyberpunk 2077, a game that we have both played, uh, has come out with essentially a, a 2.0, as they are calling it, version. And in lead up to the new big DLC that they put out. And... 
something that a lot of people might not have known about is that even though there is a paid DLC, there was also going to be a big revamp to the base game that was going to happen. Um, and uh, I've seen some people play it, and I can see the the new things. They've, like, redone the whole skill system. Uh, mm-hmm. they've, they've done a big... Like, they've changed around, like, the Ripper Dock thing entirely so that it's about, like, capacity overall that you can put your different uh, mods into. Um, there's uh, more of a differentiation between your cosmetics and your... Um, your, your uh, you know, actual abilities and stuff like that. And uh, the AI, they've vastly increased and improved the AI and made it more aggressive and, and smarter. Well, that's good. Oh, aggressive maybe not be good, but smarter is good because, you know, some of those enemies were just rather easy to kill. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's smarter overall because they will actually hide and do the, the, do the things that you'd expect them to do in a firefight. But, uh, like, they were... Sh- uh, I was watching Luke Stevens was showing that, like, in the police... Like, they have more of a, like, a rating system similar to, uh, GTA, and once you get up to, like, five stars or something, they, they just, they just uber kill you very quickly if you don't... Do they send in the, uh, what, the elite team they show you in the game? It's pretty, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty bad. Also, you can, like, shoot from cars now, which is pretty cool. You can, like, shoot shoot guns. Drive-by. Yeah, you can even... Bang, 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 You can even get, like, tanks and stuff and and shoot from the armored tank. Uh, That's like, ooh, that's that's pretty fun. But at any rate, um, so big changes. But something that I thought was very interesting was Luke Stevens was talking about it, and it has been sort of touted as the complete version of the game. Like, if Cyberpunk were to have released in this state or released now in this state, it would have been considered really a complete game because it definitely felt unfinished when it originally came out in 2020. And I guess the question that I had for you is, when do we consider a game complete? Well, in my mind, complete means this is everything that the game plans to be. Right, right. I can even see where there might be DLC for it, but I consider that a game has to be a complete experience in its entirety. Like, like my ideal thought of even DLC or additional content is a separate, like, story that is not part of the main uh, game, that, that, that can be completely separated out. It's one of the reasons why back in, like, Fallout 3, there were some of those DLCs that were, like, separate experiences, like The Pit or Mothership Zeta, um, or those. But then there was... <laughs> but then they had, like, Broken Steel, and part of Broken Steel was practically just fixing the ending of Fallout 3. <laughs> so, yeah. So there was a big issue there where it's, like, it made it feel like the game really wasn't complete in its entirety, and then they had to come out with a DLC that would actually fix that. Um, so... Not as big a fan of of that. Cyberpunk, though, I'll eventually play it, and it will probably be very good that they made those changes. But I, but I, I get a little wary of the idea of games being hailed as finally complete, like three years after they come out. Yeah. Uh, Good news, when you actually bought it, that was called uh, Early Access. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. This is why Early Access is a thing. They did not tote uh, Cyberpunk as an Early Access game. That was, uh... Probably should have. Probably, probably should have. I think that that would have... Considering what they went through when it came out, they should have. I think people expected 
more from CD Projekt Red to release a game in a fully formed state. <laughs> but, yeah, but from their past, we know they, they don't. So, you know, yeah, anyways. It's true. I don't know. When when Witcher 3 came out, it was basically complete out of the gate. I mean, they did a, they did some more stuff afterward with some individual storylines, but I think people expected something of that degree of polish out of the game. Uh, out of the gate. But at any rate, um, I think it is very difficult to say that a game is truly complete, especially when new content and modification and everything goes on with games, especially in the age of early access uh, and, um, you know, games that are live services. And then we've talked about it on the show before, but like a World of Warcraft, you've played it before. I don't know if you will ever really be able to say that a World of Warcraft is so-called complete until they make a World of Warcraft 2. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you could say, like, maybe World of Warcraft Classic could be completed if they stop at a certain point. Um, sure. But even then, where I think we've briefly talked about how there's rumors that the next expansion for WoW will be a revamp. Yeah. Even then, it's like, it's not going to be a WoW 2. It's right. It's just going to be, like, taking the old school stuff and bringing it into the, you know, 2020 era. Sure. Um, Sure. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever be able to say that that story is complete. There's no definitive end to a game that needs to be ongoing and evergreen. Right. Did you think there was ever a time with, like, MMOs similar to WoW where the game might have, at the time, felt like a complete experience, but then they just added more stuff onto it? Um, I don't think so. I guess, do I even want a game to be necessarily complete? Like, if, if you gave me a game and you said, this is it, this is this is the entire experience throughout its entirety, and I really liked it. Would I want more out of it? I I I don't know. Maybe something new, but I don't know that you'd want more of the same. You're right. I wouldn't want more of the more of the same. Uh, yeah. I just I think it's a really weird phenomenon of trying to say that a game is finally complete in a perfect world. I would want games to be complete when they release. I understand that the reality is that that's not going to happen as much anymore. Um, I've gotten very accustomed to the idea that when a game comes out, it is in alpha. Like, (laughs) even if it's been sold on shelves, it is essentially in alpha, and that you expect that it is going to take a while for it to complete. If Cyberpunk is any indication, you have about a three-year gestation period after it has, after it has come out before you can, can say that. But I don't know if that's going to work in the end for game studios. The reason I say that is because so much of what you're going to be showing investors is your initial sales. And if we condition the uh, gaming populace at large to say that the game isn't really going to be complete for two or three years, then how many are going to just buy it out of the gate instead of waiting to buy it, you know, two years from now when the game is actually complete? It's not going to go up in price. The games never increase in price, so you might as well just wait till it's actually a complete experience to the point where people can say that it is. And um, that's not going to look good on bottom lines and... Uh, especially if you're part of Embracer Group, uh, it's going to be a problem. I think it's just an interesting concept about games that are already released finally being complete at a certain point, and whether it is 
because then with like the DLC that they put out and possibly more updates into the future, will we consider that to be complete? I think that it's more that uh, Luke at that point and some of the other people that are talking about it are considering it as an experience into itself being complete, which I get. Like, I can I can accept that, like, Baldur's Gate 3 will probably have a lot of DLC and content. I'm hoping so. Yeah, but I, I still think that, as it stands, most people would consider it a complete game because it does have a beginning, a middle, and an end that makes sense, for the most part. And that it has characters that are fleshed out and everything like that. So, I guess we would consider that to be complete. And the DLC would be good, but icing on a cake. The cake is already baked. We've baked the cake. The gaming cake. We're selling you the cake without the icing, and the ice cream comes ice icing comes later for extra. That's right. We put the cherries on top, but the cherries are not something that's required to be a complete experience. Uh, we can go with with or without the cherries, but they are a complete experience. Uh, confession, I am happy that they kept working on Cyberpunk because when I played it a year after its release. I really liked it. I think it's a great RPG. I really do. Um, and frankly, on my system, it probably looks better than Starfield with the, with the system requirements. Uh, especially especially now, because they've been able to, you know, uh, optimize it even more. Um, and runs really well. I uh, am very impressed with what they did. I just wish that it was like that when it first came out. <laughs> Yeah. And and unfortunately it would have gotten so much better press and so many better uh reviews. I guess I would I would ask like what do people consider to be a complete game? When is a game complete? When is it baked? When is the gaming cake baked? And when can you take it out? When does it get the fork test? Can you optimize that? I don't know. I don't know. Uh but if you have an idea on when you would consider a game to be complete by your standards, please let us know in the comments down below. For this episode, though, we are indeed complete. And uh, so, since we have completed episode 91 of Total Public Lockdown, Alex, where could they go to find the other 90 episodes? Oh, you can find them anywhere you want. They're all online. Perfect. That's the great part about the internet. But if you'd like, you can check out our catalog over on our website at TotalPebbleKnockdown.com. Yep, it's a great place with lots of stuff. That's all you really need to know. Uh, you can also find our Patreon over there. You can get uh, early releases of all of our content and full releases, extra content, etc. Uh, for the videos, which is fun. Uh, and uh, you can you can even get some Patreon exclusives of stuff that we talk about behind the scenes. Ooh, what could that possibly be? Well, you have to go and sign up for that. Uh, feel free to check us out on every podcast app known to mankind. Please rate and review, subscribe if you have the chance. And you can also find us on various social media apps that have various names at this point. Um, I am at Citanium. I am at EXP Limited, and our show is over at Pebble Knockdown. Thank you so much for listening to Total Pebble Knockdown. We will talk to you next time. Bye for now. Goodbye for never. Well, not not never. Sometime. Occasionally.
Alex, have you felt deflated in value lately? Uh, yeah. In value, yeah. yeah. I'm feeling about 10% worth less than uh, before I got COVID. Oh, that's uh, that, that's good. You're on sale for 10% off then. No, I think I'm actually just... Yeah, I don't know. That, I don't like... <laughs> Let's try that. Okay. <laughs> Though this document clearly lays out Bethesda's plans for the future, game development changes all the time, and it's unclear if all these games are still planned or in the works. I'm Again, I'm going to say that there's a couple that are not. Uh, Kotaku reached out to Bethesda for comment. Time of writing, it appears that the original links for the Northern District Court of California documents have been removed, but PDFs are still circulating. Um, oh, I can't imagine why they'd be trying to get rid of those documents that tell their entire game plan for the next three years. They created the Legendary Edition, and then you could play the whole thing with all the DLC, and I guess I would consider that to be complete, but then I'm also playing it, like, ten years or so after the third game came out. 